The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, my friends, it has been more than six years since the husband of our next guest was killed in the line of duty. Constable Fabrice Javoudan was one of three Mounties shot and killed during a gunman's rampage in Moncton, New Brunswick in June of 2014. You'll likely remember that story. Angela Javoudan is still working through her grief and is hopeful a new program launching this weekend by Wounded Warriors Canada will help her with that. Now, we've talked a lot about Wounded Warriors on this program. You'll remember it's an organization that provides mental health services to first responders and to veterans. It now is also offering help to Canadians whose partners have died in the line of duty or by suicide. Angela Javoudan and the Executive Director of Wounded Warriors Canada, Scott Maxwell, joins us this afternoon. Angela and Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us on. Thank you. Angela, I want to start uh, just by saying on behalf of all of my listeners, we are very, very sorry for your loss, and we appreciate you taking the time and being willing to share your story with us this afternoon. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Angela, I want um, to get into your story a bit. So, Scott, I'm just going to get you to hold before I get to uh, some of your questions. Uh, Angela, let's let's go back in, in time a little bit. Um, you know, June of, of 2014, I know it's been six years, but I suspect at times it feels like it was was yesterday. Um, when you look back at those, those first days, that first year even, trying to recover from the loss of your husband, trying to deal with the grief, grief from that um you know tell us about those challenges that you faced at that time i remember that time as being incredibly chaotic uh, with a number of responsibilities related to the nature of how he died and uh, from you know the very first moments of notifying his family who are in france to planning the regimental service and uh, the review of the incident, memorial events, community events, um, everything since then. It was, the pace of it was um, was very fast for me and it was uh, a lot to deal with. And yeah, you know, I was, I was thinking, Angela, I think sometimes those more public uh, deaths like that of, of your husband um, adds so much, well, not even say more stress on the families because you are, um, you know, there's there's cameras, there's there's reporters. It's it is very public, and um, and and that adds to the to how difficult it is. So when you looked at trying to find space to grieve and find time to to heal. Um, how how challenging was that for you? Well, I guess I think that uh, what was important for me and what I uh, very much valued, and I think this is common within the first responder and military community, is to honor the nature of his sacrifice. I knew that he wanted me to be proud of him. I knew that it was important for me to represent uh, him and our family with dignity and with grace and to truly honor uh, the nature of his bravery and the bravery of our colleagues, of Dave and Doug, who were also killed that day. Um, so that was 
that took up a lot of space for me for a long time. Uh, and it's still very much uh, present within me as a as a value that it's important for me to respect. And uh, it doesn't matter that it's been, you know, six and a half years, that's still very much there. So in order to take some time for me and to try to start to process the trauma and the grief um, was definitely a challenge. And it was sort of forced upon me when I started to exhibit symptoms of post-traumatic stress uh, that sort of didn't leave me with much of a choice, um, you know, is yeah. I didn't, yeah, I had to start uh, processing because my body was telling me that there was far too much going on uh, for me to keep uh, sort of setting it aside or or not dealing with it. A- Angela, what did you learn about about or what have you learned about grief over the past six and a half years? I know there's a lot of people that will tell you uh, time heal, you know, time heals all wounds and, you know, it, it does get better, all of that. And I think there's there's people out there that think there's steps to grief when really it's a big twisting line that goes all over the place um, and everyone grieves differently. But I'm, I'm curious to know what you learned about grief through all of this. Well, I think you're absolutely right, and it's uh, it's quite complex. It's not linear, for sure. You know, I've talked about it not being like um, the, the sort of thing where you start processing and then you get to a finish line. I've been very careful about trying to measure uh, where I am with it because there have been moments where I felt like I've made so much progress and I've processed so many of the different parts of this. Um, you know, because the death was sudden, it happened in a violent way, it happened in a public way. There were a lot of um, things that as a surviving spouse, you know, I just sort of assumed would be in place with uh, with the RCMP and with health services that we ended up having to fight for that are still not quite uh, completely resolved. So, you know, there's there's a lot more to deal with than you ever could imagine. So... Um, I guess it's just to say that uh, learning to be self-compassionate and learning self-kindness, which is still something that is not natural to me, um, you know, it's something that I have to really work on and and make the conscious choice to do and and to choose um, the things that are, are good for me and not overextend myself or, you know, whatever that is, or not try to push myself, um, through situations that are maybe uh, triggering to me or not comfortable just based on what I've processed so far. Uh, that's that's really been key. And then um, just also that, you know, I think that I, I really think that a person who is injured by trauma um, is also susceptible to, more vulnerable to further injury. And that was definitely the case with me with the incident that happened in Portapique, Nova Scotia last April where, uh, you know, I was, I, I had a delayed reaction. It took probably three weeks for that to set in with me, but I was, it seemed like I was right back at square one with the hypervigilance and with not feeling safe and with the um, inability to manage my emotions and, you know, all of that uh, happening, which I didn't, uh, I didn't expect. 
We're talking this afternoon with Angela Javoudan, who um, is uh, the widow of Constable Fabrice Javoudan, who was one of three Mounties who was shot and killed during that. You, you'll remember uh, that, that gunman's rampage um, in Moncton, New Brunswick, June of 2014. And we're, we're talking about, about grief and, and healing and having the support in place for those who, um, um, the spouses, the partners of those who have died in the line of duty or uh, by suicide. Um, Wounded Warriors Canada does incredible work uh, in this country um, for first responders and military members and now uh, their spouses. Um, Scott Maxwell is the executive director. He's also joining us this afternoon. Scott, you heard Angela talk about not having, um, you know, the programs in place from the RCMP to, to help support her. How often have you heard that in your work? work um you know when you've talked to to others like angela about trying to find um the the support system they need to help heal it's uh, great to be on jaylen thanks for the time as always and it, it's come up and uh, i've been confronted by it directly and and getting to know these people across the country through our work seemingly all the time everywhere we go every province and so it's not it kind of led for us from supporting individuals to treating couples to treating spouses living with someone with an operational stress injury to our warrior kids and now to surviving spouses and everywhere we go and as we build this culturally appropriate trauma-based uh, curriculum it, it's just seeming like we're finding another gap another gap and it didn't take me long I've had the pleasure to know Angela for some time and meet other surviving spouses along the way as I mentioned and you know they and they've been uh, because of the advocacy and the awareness they're providing uh, through, despite how the tragic the tragic situation they li- have lived through and are living through, they still want to kind of pay that their, their experiences forward, help others. And having the chance to chat with Angela, get to know Angela, and kind of chat one day not too long ago and say, let's turn this into something and actually start helping people like her and, and all the others out there that we put this Surviving Spouses program in place within about four months. And the first pilot delivery begins on the weekend, and we're extremely uh, excited about that. Angela Javoudan joining me this afternoon along with Scott Maxwell, the Executive Director of Wounded Warriors Canada. You can find out more about the work that they do at woundedwarriors.ca and together they have put together uh, a pilot project aimed at helping the, the the surviving partners of those who have died in the line of duty or first responders who have died by suicide. Scott, this program which gets underway, this first gathering that happens this weekend Oh, to be a fly on the wall uh, in in that room. I mean, what is it offering? What is it bringing together that um, that that you're hoping and that your team believes is going to be so effective? Yeah, we have a, a ton of experience, obviously, uh, doing this residential group work for veterans and first responders and their family members uh, who are trying to process and, and emerge to these traumatic scenarios. So we're going to take a lot of what we do and do uh, really well in this space for these people and provide it to a new audience, this new group of surviving spouses, um, and extend a lot of the curriculum that we have, treating individuals, treating uh, spouses, living with members with operational stress injury, as I mentioned, to make meaning of their life without their spouse uh, for this particular population, 
help them understand and process traumatic grief. You heard about Angela saying, you know, just to take a lot of the challenges that Angela has kind of gone through and at times gone through on, on alone and without much support, bring people who have felt the same way similarly, having gone through these kinds of situations as well. And that group-based delivery builds the capacity to provide, you know, like all that clinical giving and receiving of support with and to reduce isolation, facilitate connections, uh, and all these things that go into the dynamics of, of a group program that's under clinical facilitation by some of the best mm-hmm. trauma and grief uh, psychologists that we can find in the country. So you can imagine how excited we are uh, to pull this group together and then, of course, from here, just continue to develop the program and deliver it uh, all across the country for, for similarly affected spouses. Well, and I think, you know, the, the the really important piece of that is not just a bunch of, uh, you know, survivors sitting around having conversations, talking, the help is going to be there. There's going to be people firsthand who know how to help guide and help heal and help deal with the trauma that they're feeling right there on site, I, I think is, is, is going to be amazing. Angela, what are you hoping to get from this weekend and, and from the program? Well, uh, I guess I'm trying not to have too many specific expectations and trying to be open to the process, but I am hoping to get some some relief for sure. Um, you may have uh, heard of, of grief as being something that feels heavy, and uh, I can definitely say that it, it feels like that at times, and, and when you're trying to rebuild your life, and, you know, in my case, um you know being in a newer relationship and trying to to make some sense of you know what once was and what i thought would continue and then now to to be uh, starting on a different path um it makes it a lot more challenging when you're carrying a lot of that uh, grief and a lot of that trauma with you trying to trying to have a, a healthy and and i don't want to say normal but a healthy uh, a life Scott, when you, you know, people who might want to access this program, of course, we live, uh, I'm coming to you from Edmonton, uh, a massive military base here. We know mm-hmm. the number of of, um, of of fallen and the fallen fam, uh, families of the fallen who, who live here and still call Edmonton home from Afghanistan. Um, is there a time limit on this? Does it have to have happened in the past few years? Or, I mean, are there any sort of limitations on on the program no no i've had the since the since this we launched you know, the, the story kind of came out on the weekend i've talked to spouses who have called from literally every province in the country who have lost their partners in any uh, from t- 26 years ago to six years ago to you know well and i've talked to the, the family already uh, in the lead up to announcing this from sergeant harnett's family so you can imagine look at the gap look at the timelines here and what you yeah. find Similarly, all the time is some of these these downstream effects from dealing and being being going through something as traumatic, public, uh, at once. And it's, the similarities just similarities just continue to astound us. And so again, we you quickly identify gaps. You quickly identify things that are missing. Certainly after the fact for all these folks, and we're just we're just thrilled to be able to bring something to them that's culturally appropriate, speaks to them, what they've yeah. been through, and what they're going to continue to go through.
Yeah, you just automatically think, you know, being on the outside looking in, that uh, that 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 help and that guidance and and those programs are there. And obviously, um, there there are some big gaps there. And I've and I've heard that from the families of the fallen that I know here in Edmonton, Angela and Scott. Angela, first off, uh, again, thank you for joining me this afternoon and being willing to share your story, uh, Scott, um, and, and to your team, uh, the amazing work that that you're doing to help so many. Thank Thank you for um, trudging on and, and waving the flag for our for our military community and our and our first responders. I'm looking forward to seeing um, the success of this program, and I look forward to talking to you again. You know, uh, months down the road, and and uh, we can, you know, take a look closer at, at how well it's worked. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's do that. Thanks, Jalen. As always. Thank right. you very much Thank for you. having us. Thank you. All right, Angela Javodin joining me this afternoon. Her husband uh, died in the line of duty in New Brunswick in June of 2014. You'll remember that uh, that rampage. That was just we watched. We watched as it unfolded, and uh, when we heard the news that uh, that the killer was taken into custody, uh, this resounding cheer went up across the country, and then you know got drowned in, in tears as. As, as we shared our uh, as we shared our grief uh, with these families, um, Scott Maxwell, the executive director of Wounded Warriors Canada, WoundedWarriors.ca, uh, the website you want to find out more.